the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Josh Pick is the Chief Investment Advisor with Aptus Wealth Management, a state-registered investment advisory firm. This program is sponsored by Aptus Wealth Management. Exposure to ideas and financial vehicles discussed should not be considered investment advice or recommendation to buy or sell financial vehicles. This information should not be considered tax or legal advice. Individuals should consult with professionals to see if any ideas expressed would fit their specific situation. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. Securities can fluctuate and when redeemed may be more or less than when originally invested. Thanks for joining us on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. I'm Bruce Hooley here with Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. And for the next half hour, we will be talking about investing and growing the money that you have set aside to invest through your hard work. You don't want to get to retirement and not be prepared for a lot of the costs that come. And a big part of that, of course, is tax planning. And as we near the uh, end of 2023, uh, it's perhaps a good time to talk about tax planning and whether retirees get pounded in tax planning and uh, tax procedures or whether there are some advantages for retirees. That's among the many things that they can help you with at Aptus Wealth Management. And you can discuss those things with them when you sit for a free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team. They're located in Lewis Center right off Route 750, not far from the 23270 interchange. Set up your consultation with no obligation uh, at all beyond that consultation itself by calling their office at 614-917-1040, 917-1040. You can also make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And we don't pay our 2023 taxes until April of 2024, Josh, but are there things right now that people should be talking about? And specifically when we get to retirees, uh, do they have maybe a larger deduction? Do you get a larger deduction as a retiree than you get as a person who's not retired or do you get pounded on withdrawal penalties or things like that from various retirement accounts? Generally, how does how does tax policy treat retirees? Well, in general, tax policy for retirees is pretty good. Um, and I think it was uh, improved even further during the Trump administration with the increase in the standard deduction. Because quite frankly, most retirees are not exceeding the standard deduction to begin with. So they weren't benefiting from itemized deductions as a whole. So the fact that the standard deduction went up was a good thing. But what most retirees don't know is that not only do they get to claim a higher now standard deduction that they have in years past, excuse me, but they also um, get an increased standard deduction if they're over the age of 65. So if you're over the age of 65 and you're single, you get an extra 1850 bucks. And if you're married, each one of you gets an extra 1500 bucks. So theoretically, uh, you know, married couple filing gets an extra $3,000 worth of standard deduction. Then on top of that, uh, you know, you can get a homestead exemption for your real estate. There's a lot of things that you can actually benefit from uh, once you reach certain ages. But, you know, if you're not retired yet, but you're getting close, also don't ignore as you're looking at planning for taxes, 
all the benefits that you have in the way of increased contributions to things. For example, you have a catch-up contribution if you're over the age of 50 in your 401k. You can put more money into your 401k, which all that money goes in pre-tax, and you get a tax deduction for that. Your IRA, you get an extra 1000 bucks a year in your IRA when you're over the age of 50. Your HSA, you get extra contribution limits in your HSA, which again goes in pre-tax. And I think we'd be naive to think that as we get older, our medical bills don't get a little bit more expensive than we were when we were in our 20s. So having that HSA is hugely beneficial, not only now, but when you get into retirement. So huge amount of advantages and things you can do to not only reduce your tax bite today, but improve your situation in retirement and heading into retirement. You know, my wife's a CPA and it strikes me, and I want to check with you to see if this is accurate, that the uh, most significant changes in tax policy happen when we go from one political party to another political party uh, in control of the presidency. Uh, I remember when uh, you mentioned the increase in the standard deduction under Trump, uh, that that was a radical change in tax policy. Has it historically been the case that because the two political parties are so polarized and view almost everything uh, from totally opposite perspectives, that we find that when there's a change in tax policy, it most often coincides with a change in presidential administration? It typically does. Now, I will say in current administration, we really haven't seen significant changes to tax policy really whatsoever. So we're still effectively on the Trump tax plan. Now, that tax plan is set to sunset in 2025, I believe, or 2026. So obviously something will need to change or it will revert back to the old Obama plan uh, in 2025 or 2026. I fully envision that something will get done between now and then. But who is elected will make a monumental difference on the view of federal taxes. You know, historically speaking, um, Republicans like to lower taxes at the federal level and kind of lean into the states to handle their own tax bite and run their own house. Uh, whereas, you know, Democrats, historically speaking, in general, uh, tend to believe that a, you know, higher tax going to the federal government and then getting disseminated back out to the states is a better policy. Uh, so we'll kind of see. But obviously, like you had said, Bruce, that's all hinged upon whether or not there's unity in the, you know, in the House and whether or not they can actually get anything passed. Josh Pick, Bruce Hooley with you. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. It airs Friday nights at 7 and Saturdays at noon. And you can get a free consultation with no obligation at all with Josh and the Aptus team by setting up your appointment by calling their office, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Also, you can make your appointment online at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Their offices are located in Lewis Center off Route 750. And taxes, Josh, can really have a big impact on people's retirement nest egg. I mean, there are so many different things that uh, can play into uh, people's taxes. And now we've talked before about how we've gotten away from the typical situation where somebody works for a company their whole life, they get a company pension, they got, you know, Social Security and their company pension. Now we've got a more common situation with people's retirement is where they're pulling from this investment, that investment, maybe this 401k from a certain job they had for five years, one from 10 years, whatever. And each one of those things, each one of those distributions can be taxed differently. That can make a big difference to a retiree's tax bill, can it not? Yeah. On one hand, you, you know, we would probably all love to just have guarantees and have a pension that we can never outlive and everything works great. There are some downsides to that and the upsides to having defined contribution plans, which is what most people have now, meaning that the only thing that's defined is how much you're going to put into it. 
How much you're going to have in retirement? Well, that's yet to be determined. That's on you. Um, but that gives you a little bit of power so you can control how and when you take income from these different sources. And typically when we see people come to the office, they'll have maybe a small pension, uh, a 401k, an IRA, some non-qualified dollars, maybe a Roth IRA, maybe they have some rental property. And the list kind of just keeps on going on and on. And the, the question almost always is, how do I use all this stuff in the most efficient way from a tax perspective to get the income that I need? Because I understand it's not what I make, it's how much that I get to keep of what I make. And oftentimes what we see is people kind of anecdotally or arbitrarily just saying, well, I'm going to start with this bucket and then I'm going to move on to this bucket. And then when that one's empty, I'll move on to this bucket. And it's just kind of assigned at ad hoc. When in reality, there is a kind of a secret sauce to how do we do that to minimize the tax bite? Now, we did get some benefits from the Secure Act 2.0 in this and that now the minimum required distribution age, which was 70 and a half just a few years ago, is now 73 and moving forward even beyond that as the years go on. And what that enables us to do is have a little bit more time in retirement to control that more. Where do we take it from? Do Roth conversions make sense? How do we kind of structure or ladder out all of this income, not just for the purposes of making sure we don't run out of money, but getting to keep as much money as we possibly can? You, of course, have an array of clients at Aptus. You have some who are, you know, decades from retirement. You have some that are much closer. You have some that are in the midst of retirement. Uh, for somebody who's trying to uh, really manage their tax bill closely because they're in retirement, uh, how often or or I guess how much uh, lag time do you get, reaction time do you get to propose changes in tax law? What I'm working toward here is like how how periodically should you review uh, the way you are structuring your retirement distributions in order to adjust them to get the maximum benefit that you can to pay as uh, a few as few a taxes legally as you can. Yeah, I think you should do it every year. And I think you should do it every year for a, a myriad of reasons. One being pretty obvious, life is not as streamlined and textbook as we'd like it to be. It's a little bit messier. And in some years, uh, you know, you need a new roof. So, you got to put a new roof on the house, which changes if you want to pay cash for that. It changes how much income you took this year versus last year. So how you plan for that and where you take that from is different than in years prior. So I think it's important that every single year you revisit your income distribution plan, which is why it's so important here that we meet with clients at least twice a year to kind of revisit not just that, but wealth distribution plans, continuation plans. Are your beneficiaries still accurate? You know, I think oftentimes we get at the end of the year, we get caught up in what can I do from a tax perspective? And then we never look at our will, our trust, our beneficiaries, all the other things that are pretty darn important too. Meaning that if I get hit by a bus tomorrow, is all this stuff going to play out the way that I want it to play out? So I think there's a bunch of things that you should do on an annual basis. And one of the benefits to these reviews is we, you know, have a checklist. Let's just make sure that we're covering everything every single time. Now it's not an actual checklist where I'm going to go through and check the boxes, but when you do this day in and day out, you, you know what a review is and you know what to cover and you make sure that you don't leave any stone unturned. Yeah, and that for my wife and I was huge in that we have somebody who's, you know, working on these kinds of things and well-versed in these kinds of things and has a track record of success in these kinds of things. Uh, set up your free consultation with Josh and the Aptus team. Find out if you're a good fit as a client for them and they're a good fit to be your investment uh, counselors and your investment advisors. Set up that consultation by calling 
614-917-1040, or you can do so by making your appointment on the web at Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. We often get good content out of surveys that uh, financial websites or publications take. Here's an interesting one from money.com. They surveyed 1,600 people between the ages of 50 and 75, trying to gauge their satisfaction and their confidence in retirement. You've looked at this uh, survey, Josh. What stuck out to you from this? Anything surprising to you in it? Uh, Not really surprising, but I think it really solidifies something that we've already believed. And that is that multiple sources of income, and I'm not talking about just social security in your 401k. I'm talking about multiple sources of income via different investment vehicles. So in this particular survey, what it said was, and these are not the only two investment vehicles, but it's the only two that they looked at, was if somebody has stock market investments and an annuity contract or just one of each, how happy are they in their retirement? And interestingly, the people who had just an annuity or just stock market investments were about equally happy. So you would think that one would be happier than the other, depending upon when they did the survey in the market, right? So you would think if the market was really down, then everybody would be really happy with the annuity. And if the market was really up, everybody would be dissatisfied with the annuity. But the reality was they were both about equally happy. But when you looked at the combination of the two, meaning I have income coming from both of these things, not only did their satisfaction in their retirement go up, which seems like an arbitrary reason for your retirement you know, happiness and satisfaction to go up, but their confidence in their retirement went up significantly. And I think this really points to something that we we can't lose sight of, and that is we are emotional creatures. We want to be the most rational human beings on earth and just look for the best thing. Um, and by the best thing, I mean, okay, well, if we know over the long run, the stock market is the best place to do everything. Well, then why do we constantly want to buy real estate? Or why do we constantly want to get land? Or why would we constantly want to get this or that? And I think the inherent reason is it could be greed and that we believe that we can get rich with those things. But I think the other thing that we're really pointing towards is I would feel more comfortable if I didn't rely exclusively on this one thing. If I could have income coming in from a rental property coupled with income coming in off of annuity, coupled with income coming in off of social security, coupled with a pension, coupled with my 401k, coupled with my Roth IRA, boy, I'd feel a heck of a lot better than if I just had this one thing spitting out, because God forbid that goes belly up and I'm in big trouble. The other thing that, you know, it wasn't in the same survey, but I think really echoes the sentiments of that survey is what do we need to have in a retirement or what things should we have in a retirement that bring us a happier retirement and less worry? And as much as, you know, people on my side of the table always like to talk about things like, arbitraging interest rates and should you pay off your mortgage because you know your mortgage is only 3% and you can get 5.85% and all of that every survey you will ever read will always say people who have no debt in retirement are happier all of them you can't find one i actually challenge you bruce to walk down the street and and just ask people is your house paid off and when they anybody that says yes ask them if they think it was a dumb choice nobody thinks it's a bad choice. I don't care what kind of interest rate they can get. Having zero debt makes people feel very good. Having their life be simple, multiple streams of income with very low overhead seems to be the secret sauce to a happy and worry-free retirement. Well, when you talk about all those different 
buckets you can pull from in retirement, what you're really talking about uh, is is diversification. I mean, it's a form of diversification, having those different places. And I asked you earlier about whether the tax system was friendly towards seniors or not. I'll just take you behind the curtain a little bit this week. My eyes were drawn to a headline. Uh, one of uh, we have our house paid off and it is great peace of mind to have our house paid off. But I know we're going to have a sizable gain just because we've owned our house for 20 plus years. And I was heartened to see that, you know, if my wife and I uh, both survived to the point where we're going to sell our house, uh, you can get like a half a million dollars exempted on capital gains from the sale of your house. I'm not sure if that's something you can do only once in your life or more than once, but I know we've never done it. So I was really happy to see that headline. Yeah, absolutely. It's uh, your primary residence. You get a $500,000 exemption on all capital gains. And beyond that, um, you know, terrible way to get tax benefit. But if you're, you know, in that 75 plus category, none of us gets out of here alive. Not only could you sell it if you wanted to, but God forbid you both pass. It goes to your kids completely tax free because they get a step up in basis. So I think sometimes the monster under the bed is scarier than the one that's actually standing in front of you. And we hear these, uh, the the taxes are going to be awful and they're going to be that. Well, taxes need to be managed. There are many benefits that some people just aren't aware of that you need to take advantage of. Josh Pick, Bruce Hooley with you again. Aptus Wealth Management is located in Lewis Center, just off Route 750, and they would love to sit with you and have a free consultation with you, no obligation at all. Talk about these concepts, gauge your exposure uh, in the markets, gauge your tolerance for risk, find out if you're a good fit for them. My wife and I certainly found that out, and we are very, very content Aptus clients right now. I think you might wind up the same, but you won't know until you sit for the free consultation, 614 614- 917-1040, 614-917-1040, or do it online. Make your appointment online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And to your point about people being happier when they don't have debt, here's some numbers that I found in a Yahoo Finance survey uh, of how many retirees actually retire with a million dollars. That's kind of everybody's figure that they have out there. They said a significant portion of retirees, approximately 71%, this is not going to be a good number, 71% carry non-mortgage debt, which averages just under $20,000. And the lion's share of that, of course, is medical debt. So if you've got seven out of 10 retirees, people in retirement, Josh, who have debt beyond their mortgage, that would show you uh, somebody who would, I'd I'd say, have reason uh, for anxiety in retirement. Yeah, I think unfortunately, um, you know, I read an article once, or not an article, but I saw this this, uh, advertisement, I guess. I can't remember what what it was for, if it was for an exercise bike or something like that, but it was in the old Sky Sky, uh, Mall catalogs. Do you remember the Sky Mall when you get on a plane? So this is obviously dating me. This was probably 20 years ago, but it said how you choose to live the first 50 years of your life dictates how you get to live the next 50 years of your life. And I think what we're seeing here, and, and you know, you said how many people have a million dollars, but I'm sure somewhere in that article, it probably says what the average retiree has. And I'm sure it's probably somewhere around one-tenth or one-twentieth of that amount at best. Um, so, you know, if you look at that and you go, well, you know, okay, so the average person's used to living on the average family income is sixty thousand dollars roughly per year, sixty to seventy thousand dollars per year. So let's say five thousand dollars a month, and you only have a hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars in total retirement savings. That's going to be a challenge. Now, add on top of that that we have all of this debt 
Maybe we rent, which we've seen what's happened with renting rental prices here as of late. But even if you own, we've seen what happened with what's happened with uh, real estate taxes. Um, you're cutting it pretty close. So yeah, it's going to be a pretty stressful situation. I think the important part is get in front of it, do the appropriate planning. And if you go, well, I've waited too long already. I'm already in my late fifties and here I am staring down the barrel of the gun of retirement. Uh, well, I guess you could wait five more years and see if it gets better on its own. Uh, but that's not usually the way things go. You probably need to do something now. No, absolutely right. I mean, I'll, I'll skip to the end of this survey, and it says a majority of retirees admit they did not prepare adequately. 51% acknowledge their lack of sufficient preparation. The good news is if you're listening to this show, you have made at least gaining information about retirement a priority, and Josh and the Aptus team can help you with that, can help you understand it better. It can certainly help you if you have a nest egg there to manage. It can certainly help you with that. 614-917-1040. They say one of the common regrets is a lack of understanding about retirement savings. Well, I mean, you know what? You don't really have to understand it. If you have a fiduciary, somebody who's legally obligated to do what's best for you, that's what they are at Aptus. So set that consultation up, 614-917-1040, or make your appointment online, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, AptusWealth.com. Here's another number that's not really that flattering. 45% of retirees report a decline in their standard of living since retirement. It doesn't have to be that way. Another reason to sit for your free consultation, 614-917-1040, and get started as soon as possible. You are dead on in your numbers. In 2023, the average American retiree, according to this survey on yahoofinance.com, average American retiree had about $170,000 in retirement savings. Now that's down from 200,000 at the beginning of 2022. Inflation is the reason, of course, for that. But 37% of retirees say they have no retirement savings, no retirement savings at all. And the best way to take care of that is to, if you haven't started, start today. Yeah, you know, one of the significant stats we've talked about uh, many times on the show is not just retirement savings, but how many people have an emergency fund. And I think statistically, and I may be off on this, but I think statistically speaking, approximately 50% of the people in the United States, if pressed, could not come up with $2,000. And that is a really on-tilt position to be in. And if you're in that situation, just know that you can improve. And the, and the beautiful part about today's world is the information is readily accessible, and there are more options available today to achieve your goals than there have been since the beginning of time. It's just a matter of knowing how to navigate that and take advantage of things. And you'd be surprised, Bruce. I think oftentimes on the show, people listening probably think that we're talking about how can we manage your portfolio better than you're managing your portfolio today, which is certainly a very significant part of what we do, probably the lion's share of what we do. But the other thing is cash flow management, meaning I have this amount of money and these income sources to live off of for the rest of my life. Here's the debts I have. What's the most efficient way to handle this? I'll give you an example. I had a client that came in the other day. They had a sizable savings account, but they also had a sizable credit card debt. And they didn't want to pay off their credit cards because they didn't want to not have cash available. So they were paying 17% interest on their credit cards and only earning 4% interest on their savings account. Well, cash flow wise, when they were in retirement, it was costing them, and I might be off here, but you know, it was like an extra $600 a month that if we just kind of, you know, played a little bit of a shell game, 
we just injected 600 bucks a month back into the cash flow system. And that may sound very obvious and simple, but sometimes for some of us, it's just not. And if you think that one's simple and it kind of moves the needle quite a bit, there's a myriad of things like that where you can really make a significant difference that some are obvious and some are not so obvious, uh, but they need to at least be investigated and they can really improve your life. Yeah, and that's what they specialize in at Aptus is is taking uh, what I call a dispassionate approach to those kinds of decisions. They don't make the decisions. You make the decisions, but they present you the information and they present you the information in a way that is not maybe as emotionally attached to the results of the decision as it is for you because it's your money and it's your retirement. One of the numbers that jumped out at me in this survey, 65% of retirees, and we talk a lot about retirement planning and you should plan for retirement. That's what they specialize in. But 65% of retirees have to retire earlier than they anticipated because of health issues. So yet another reason why you should involve Josh and the Aptus team or a fiduciary who's legally obligated to do what is best for you. Set up your consultation, 614-917-1040. If you haven't started, look, it's like going to the dentist. The longer you wait, the more painful it's going to be. 614-917-1040, Aptus Wealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. Josh, great talking with you. Thanks for your time today. You as well. Thanks, Bruce. We appreciate your time joining us today here on the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. We being me, Bruce Hooley, and our weekly expert on financial matters, investment matters, Josh Pick of Aptus Wealth Management. They are located in Lewis Center, Aptus Wealth, right off Route 750, easy to get to from 270 and 23. And I would highly recommend you take advantage of the free no obligation consultation that they offer you as a potential client because it is no obligation. Set that up by calling their office, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. You can also make your appointment at their website, and you will find them on the web at aptuswealth.com, aptuswealth.com, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. And Josh, as we near the end of the year, it is typical for people to wonder, is there anything I need to do before December the 31st that I will regret not doing if I get to January the 1st? So uh, these are probably questions that you get when you're out and about, not just when you're at work, because people who know you know what you do. So what is uh, maybe one of the things at the top of the list that you would ask people as to whether or not they have considered it or as to whether or not they have completed it as we near the end of the year? You know, once we get past all of the, you know, make sure you've contributed to your 401k, if you're eligible for an HSA, you should do it. Uh, do you want to contribute to an IRA to help reduce your tax liability? All those kind of general things that I'm sure everybody knows about. Uh, once you get closer and closer to retirement or are in retirement, a buzzword or a, or a concept that always rises to the surface is something called Roth conversions. And I think conceptually, a lot of people know what they are, but they get kind of analysis paralysis on whether or not I should do it. Because I can, you know, Google it right now and I'll get 50 responses that say it's the best thing. Everybody should do it no matter what. And then there's 50 responses that says not so fast. Maybe you should take a deeper look. So let's kind of cover what it is and what are some things that you should look out for. First, a Roth conversion is simply taking all of that pre-tax money that you had saved up. So 401k, 403b, IRA, et cetera, et cetera. And you've put all the money into that pre-tax. It's been growing tax deferred. But the problem with it is at some future date, you're going to want to probably live on some of this money 
Or if you don't want any of the money, at some future date, the IRS is going to force you to start taking money out of it because every nickel you take out is taxable. Now, that's a first world problem. But a lot of times what we see is people having to take out more money from their IRAs than they would like to and ultimately paying taxes on that money that they wouldn't have had to pay if they were able to do some planning and get that money out of that qualified plan. And the way that you do that is through what's called a Roth conversion. The Roth conversion means that I'm going to take IRA pre-tax money, pay taxes on it today, but then once I put it in the Roth, every gain in that account forevermore will be tax-free as long as I leave it in there for five years. So, you know, that conceptually makes a lot of sense. And there's a lot of reasons why you'd want to do that beyond just the tax piece. For example, there's a 50-50 shot, unfortunately, that you and I, Bruce, will end up needing some help at the end of our life via long-term care. Well, one of the benefits of a Roth IRA is at some point in the future, if I want to, quote, protect that money by doing trust work with an attorney, making it look like maybe I don't have as much money as I do so that Medicaid picks up the tab a little sooner than they otherwise would. Well, I can move that money directly into a trust because I've already paid the taxes on the money, so it's an easy flip. Whereas if I had it in my IRA, I've yet to find anybody who says, I'd really like to protect my IRA. I'm going to pay taxes on a million dollars tomorrow so I can put it in trust, so maybe uh, it will be protected in the long run. So there are ancillary reasons why you'd want to do it beyond just the tax reasons. But here's the problem. Almost every calculator you look at online will just simply look at your tax bracket and say, does it make sense? And the theory of all of these calculators and the theory of what probably most of your listeners are hearing right now is, well, should I pay 22% in taxes today so I don't have to pay 32% tomorrow? Or should I pay 12% today so I don't have to pay 22% tomorrow? And that is undoubtedly the logic pattern on what you should do. However, there's two other moving parts in there for most people that they're not considering. And those two parts are the taxes that apply to my Social Security and the potential impact that doing a Roth conversion has on how much I pay for Medicare. And that term is called IRMA. So if you've ever heard IRMA, it means the amount of income that you're allowed to make to that criteria is how much you pay for Medicare. So for example, Medicare this year was about 165 bucks for every person in the United States. However, if you were one of the people that made $500,000 or more, your cost of Medicare is about four times that amount. So obviously pretty significant difference. So what you need to do is say, well, first, if I do a Roth conversion, how much does that impact my social security? Am I not only paying 12% in taxes on my conversion, but it's actually drawing money over from my Social Security that I wouldn't have to pay for? And now all of a sudden, it's not really costing me 12% of the money I'm converting. It's costing me 20% of the money I'm converting because more money became taxable. And then number two, am I exceeding any sort of thresholds for myself, myself and my wife, or both, by taking too much money on a conversion that, sure, I'm only paying Good news, I'm only paying 22% in taxes now. I'm saving it, and I'm not going to pay 32 later. But now, all of a sudden, my monthly bill for Medicare just went up by $600 a month between my wife and I. Was it a good idea at that point? Now, all these things, Bruce, are very – maybe easy is the wrong word. They're um, They're capable of being calculated if you know what all of the factors are that you need to calculate in. 
But every single year, every client that we have that is in a position to do a Roth conversion in November and December, every review we have, we run through a calculator that we've built here that just takes all of these things personally into account for you and decides, should you do a Roth conversion this year? If so, for what amount? What are the pros and cons? And, you know, whether really not not just should you, but what is the exact dollar amount that you should do? So we really take the guesswork out of what is a great concept, but seems kind of like an insurmountable math problem. Well, I'm not the least bit surprised that you guys are on top of that because I've certainly found that to be my experience as an Aptus client. This is the Aptus Retirement Blueprint Radio Show. You wouldn't build a house without having a blueprint. You wouldn't just start nailing studs together and throwing up walls. Now you'd get an architect and you'd have plans uh, for something as important as your retirement. Why would you not have a blueprint for that? That's what they call it at Aptus. They lay it all out for you. It's very easy to see, not just visually, but it's also easy to understand. Meet with them for your free consultation. Set it up by calling their office, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Or you can make your appointment online at aptuswealth.com. Aptuswealth.com is A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. The show replays tomorrow at noon. So tell your friends, or you can listen to it again tomorrow at noon on Saturday. Okay, so you said something I wanted to follow up on. You said something about uh, you're being, you might be, you get to a point where you're forced to take money out of your retirement accounts. I believe I'm correct that you're forced to take Social Security, aren't you, at age 67? Uh, if I'm wrong on that, please correct me, but when is someone forced to begin taking money out of their retirement accounts. Okay, well, I will have to correct you, unfortunately. Um, 67 is what's called the full retirement age, which means that is when Social Security kind of arbitrarily deems that you have reached full retirement and you will get the full benefit from your Social Security. However, that benefit will continue to grow if you don't take it until you reach age 70. So there's really no benefit to waiting past 70. That's the required age, if you will. Um, so I certainly wouldn't wait past then. Uh, but as far as minimum required distributions, it's kind of been a little bit of a moving target. So th the concept is once you reach a certain age, the IRS has allowed you to kick the can on taxes on your qualified plans for a long period of time. So at some point, they're going to require you to start taking a minimum required distribution out of your accounts so that they can get some of their tax dollars. And that used to be 70 and a half, which was kind of a random arbitrary number. Um, the Secure Act 1.0, which was just called the Secure Act, changed it to 72. Then the Secure Act 2.0 followed that very quickly and changed it to 73. Now, that's kind of shocking, quite frankly. You would think the IRS, and particularly as we look at the national debt, they would be eager to get their money. But really what they're accommodating is the fact that people are working longer and the savings rate is just not that strong, so people are forced to work longer, so we can't force them to send us money. For example, here's some stats that are, you know, we were talking about Jamie Dimon in the previous episode and saying he doesn't have a lot of um, optimism about the future of the economy. Maybe he's looking at these two stats. Uh, if you look at the country, less than 50% of the people in the country, if forced, have an emergency fund account that they could tap of $2,000 or more. So if you want to know, are people kind of living their life on tilt? You use the term credit cards, but if are they living their life on tilt? Um, you know, I would say that most people, by saying $2,000, have less than one month of worth of reserve. But the other one, and why RMDs have gotten pushed out, is 
42% of the population, and this is irrespective of age, has less than $10,000 in total retirement savings. So if you kind of look at the country as a whole, people are going to have to unfortunately work longer if you look at the the average individual. So we had to kind of push minimum required distributions. Fortunately for younger folks, that is going to continue to push, so people aren't going to have to take RMDs until they're 75. Now, from a planning perspective, this is fantastic because here we are talking about Roth conversions. Well, the time, the best time to do a Roth conversion for most people is between the time that they retire and the time that they are forced to take minimum required distributions. So if they keep on kicking the duration or the time frame when we have to take minimum required distributions, it's just opening up a larger window for planning. So this is actually a really, really good thing. You can get a hold of Josh and the Aptus team by calling 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. Again, their offices are located just off Route 750 in Lewis Center, which is not far from the 270 and 23 interchange. Okay, so uh, here's a thing I thought of in terms of how to get around taking your uh, required minimum distributions at age 73, which I'm sure won't work but I might not be the only person thinking of it, so I'm going to throw it out there. Let's say you are, it's not uncommon for a husband to be a little bit older than the wife. Let's say you have a wife who is five years younger than you, and you have uh, joint retirement, I guess. Is there a way for a husband who's still working, because I just saw today Al Michaels is doing like Amazon NFL games at age 80 or 79, and a lot of people are working longer. He doesn't want to take the money out of his uh, retirement. Can he transfer it, the older husband, can he transfer it to the younger wife and delay the required minimum distribution by whatever their age gap is? It certainly would be cool if you could, but no. But I will say one thing and, uh, you know, leave judgment alone out of this. But if your wife or husband is 10 years older or younger than you, that is kind of a magic number in that there is a cross calculation that lowers your minimum required distribution, at least. So, you know, I guess there's one justification for, you know, people to marry people significantly younger than them, I suppose. I don't know. Very good. Very good. That's good information to know. Uh, is everybody eligible for a Roth IRA? Can anybody get a Roth IRA? Are there income levels that, you know, nope, sorry, the government says not eligible to you. Yeah, great question. So, there's two types of Roth IRAs. There's a Roth conversion, which means I'm taking existing qualified dollars and converting them to an IRA or to a Roth IRA. And the answer on that is no. You can make as much money as you want. You make $70 billion a year and still do a Roth conversion. But on a contributory Roth, there are income limits with an exception. If you work for an employer that does not have a retirement plan, then there are no income limits because everyone should be allowed to put money away favorably for retirement. However, if your employer does have a 401k, 403b, deferred comp, whatever it might be, then you do have income limits. And those income limits kind of rough idea is for a married couple about 200 grand. Once you get to about 200 grand of, of combined income, you start to get phased out. And I'm rounding here dramatically, but just general guideline. You start to get phased out and you can't play the game anymore. Very good. Very interesting and all great information. And those are the kinds of nuggets of information that you get 
when you are an Aptus Wealth client, Aptus Wealth Management, located in Lewis Center, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040, to set up your free consultation with Josh and the team. Get to know them. Let them get to know you. And if you have friends outside the area and you think, hey, this sounds great, uh, and they would like to become, you think they might like to become Aptus clients, yeah, they can service them remotely, certainly as clients. For the consultation, if you live in central Ohio, they'd like to have you in the office so that uh, the conversation can be a little bit more personal. But get a hold of Josh and the team, 614-917-1040, 614-917-1040. All right, uh, your formula that you talked about, I'm sure, is set up to keep people from messing up their Roth conversion. Uh, is there anything else you want to say about Roth? Because I've got an interesting study here from Dave Ramsey about millionaires that I wanted to get to uh, with you, but I wanted to give you a chance to wrap up on Roth if there was anything left to, to, on the table. Yeah, only one thing is my uh, financial nerds out there are probably going, he didn't talk about this. Uh, there is one way we were talking about the income limits and you can't do a Roth IRA if you make too much money. There actually is a way to do a Roth IRA, even if you make too much money. And you'll hear it if you Google this or look it up. Terrible name, but they call it a backdoor Roth IRA. And the way that you do a backdoor Roth IRA is essentially you make a contribution to a traditional IRA because there are no income limits on that. And then remember, there's no income limits on conversion. So you take an extra step rather than sending it directly to the Roth. You send it to an IRA and convert it the next day, which is you know, you might go, well, that's kind of silly. Why don't they just let you do it to begin with? Well, remember, uh, and I know that your other show is very political, so you can attest to this. Everybody in Washington who's making all these rules obviously is infinitely wise and makes all the logical decisions. It doesn't make any sense, but just know that there is a way around that income threshold if you know how to do it. Very good. And uh, one thing I've learned from talking with Josh the past couple of years is that uh, it's always a good idea to, uh, number one, integrate your financial advisor with any big financial decision that you make in your life. Something as innocuous as buying a car. If you're in a position, you buy a boat, buy a house. I mean, it's always a good thing to talk with your financial advisor. And I certainly wouldn't make a major purchase without running it by Josh because there are lots and lots of ways to do things. And unfortunately, that also means there are lots and lots of ways to do things wrong that cost you money that need not be uh, necessarily applicable to you. So that's another benefit of having a fiduciary, somebody who is legally obligated to do what is best, best for you. And that is what they are at Aptus Wealth Management. All right, Dave Ramsey, a guy who is uh, very popular, very well known. Uh, he has done a study. They say one of the largest studies, perhaps the largest study ever of millionaires in uh, U.S. and Canada, 10,000 millionaires. I know you're familiar with this study. Uh, what stood out to you from the study, Josh? Yeah, well, first I'd like to say while I deviate uh, sometimes from Dave Ramsey's opinions, I, I agree with a lot of what he says. And and I was really happy to see that he did such an all-encompassing study because I think it dispelled some myths. Um, I think this this myth dispelment started with the Millionaire Next Door book, if you've ever read that, where, you know, millionaires aren't running around in Bugattis all the time. A lot of times they're driving, you know, Camrys and Ford F-150s and they live right next door to you and live very modest below their means. But this study of over 10,000 millionaires really dispelled a lot of, unfortunately, I guess a little tough love. Uh, all of your excuses on why you can't do it, well, sorry. Uh, the study proved a lot of them wrong. For example, one that jumped off the page for me is one-third of millionaires never made $100,000 or more in income in any year in their entire life. 
So if you think that every millionaire is a millionaire because they make a million dollars a year and they have all this expendable income to save, uh, maybe not the case. Uh, the second one is, and I hear this all the time, well, I'd be a millionaire if I inherited it too. Well, unfortunately, 80% didn't inherit a nickel of anything that they received. Now, you can go further, though, and go, well, okay, well, that leaves 20%. Well, unfortunately, only 3% actually inherited a million or more. So we have to make the judgment that 97% of the people saved a significant chunk or all of their millions. And then last, and again, I think this is a, a big thing that all of us need to hear. I think sometimes we get in our own way and we say, well, you know, I'm not going to invest because... What if I pick the wrong this? What if, you know, some investments are better than others? And these, those are true statements, by the way. But when asked what is more important, what you invest in or consistency, three out of four said, I've made tremendous amount of mistakes in my life in investing, but consistency is what got me to be wealthy, which is why eight out of 10 of them contribute to their 401k. So if you're sitting there complaining about how you're not in a better financial position, but you're always coming up with excuses on why you can't save or there's nothing to invest in or rich people just inherited it or they make a lot of money, sorry, um, none of those things are true. There was a follow-up, not a follow-up study, but there was a kind of a tandem study that I also liked. And I, I forgive me, I can't remember who did it. But it was the things, the ways that millionaires view money that differ from the ways that non-millionaires view money. And I think this was pretty powerful. And it was a great way of saying something that I've said a lot in my office. And, and one of them is focusing on saving rather than managing expenses. So, and I'll give you kind of the way that this plays out in my office. People will come in and they'll go, here's my budget. Here's how much I can save based upon my budget. And usually, usually in their budget, they've done what we all do. They pad the heck out of it, right? I mean, well, okay, so you're a family of two and your food budget is $6,000 a month. You guys must eat really well, right? I mean, I know you're padding it. Or they get kind of over the top when they say, well, here's my budget. I have $631 a month I can be saving. That's not the way real life works. We all know it. You're not going to save $631 a month. What millionaires typically do and what people who are financially successful typically do is they say, I'm going to start saving this dollar amount. And the, you would almost argue the dollar amount's pretty arbitrary. And then based upon what lo that looks like at the end of the month, I'll either tweak it up or down. But I'm not going to start with how much can I save I'm just going to save. This is what I'm going to save. And I will manage my expenses around what I'm saving. And if you're listening to this saying, well, yeah, it must be nice. I'm raising a family of four. And I understand all of that. And I understand that not everybody is in a position to just save $2,000 a month. I totally understand that. But it's a paradigm shift in your brain to say, I'm going to pay myself first. And then I'm going to figure out the rest. And there's a great book about this called The Richest Man in Babylon that speaks about simply that. Pay yourself first. Also talks about tithing too. And then talks about live your life with what's left. The other thing that millionaires do that really jumped off the page to me 
because I can see this in all of the clients that I have that are in fact millionaires is focusing on growing your assets rather than exclusively protecting them. And what I mean by that is there are people who save money and then there are people who invest money. And there is a lion's share difference. Investors are not worried about what the account value is tomorrow. They're worried about what the future potential of is it is 10 years from now. And the people who become millionaires more often than not are the ones that can forego instant gratification, but also forego the pain of volatility in any investment, whether that's owning a pizza shop or owning a stock, and then letting the money do what it needs to do over time so that they have an asset base that will feed them for the rest of their life. Yeah, it should be no surprise that um, Dave Ramsey, you know, and and Josh and I have, have pounded these same principles that it's consistency in investing. It's letting someone else invest for you. That's a 401k match if you're fortunate enough to work at a firm that does that. Just to reiterate some of those numbers that Josh threw at you there from the Dave Ramsey study, eight out of 10 millionaires contribute to their 401k. Consistency in investing is more important than the act, what the actual investment is. Uh, Only one third, only one third of millionaires have ever made more than $100,000 per year. 80% of them got no inheritance. And as he said, if you're thinking, well, 20% got a million, no, only 3% of them inherited $1 million or more. Sit with Josh and the Aptus team, get these principles ingrained, Follow them. Follow the blueprint that they will work out for you. No obligation to the consultation. Set it up. 614-917-1040 or aptuswealth, A-P-T-U-S, aptuswealth.com. The airing of this program by this station is not an endorsement or recommendation by the station of the products or services discussed in the program. The station does not guarantee the results of any investments made by a listener to this program. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.